This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and Eskif and I are joined by Patrick O'Connor for the first time in 17 months, as Albert is, you guessed it, on the holiday once again. This week is Bournemouth away, as Palace and Scott Dan both look to create a little bit of history. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes, so Albert's away and we've got Patrick with us this week. Patrick, it's the first time you've joined us since October 2018. You, no, really? Yeah. The last, the last time was um, what ended up being a preview for the 2-2 draw against Arsenal. When so Lucas scored a late, late penalty to level it up. So I'm somewhat lucky then. Yeah. Good. Do you, remember, right. do, you, do you remember what your prediction was? Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was when Arsenal won the back of 10 wins in a row in all competitions. And um, you predicted 4-1 to Arsenal, which I think was also what um, Heskiff predicted as well. I was going to say, if you think Sam's negative, then forget it. I mean, so... <laughs> Yeah, what was I found interesting about listening back to that uh, was Danny Gabidon was quoted in that week of saying uh, Palace are just a striker away from finishing the top seven. <laughs> not, not much, not much has changed in a year and a half. Wow, that is amazing. if only we had Jordan Ayew then, eh? Yeah, we're talking of Jordan, uh, and also that week Jordan Much had scored in the MLS, and we were talking about that. Bloody hell! Patrick went on the big rant about how crap the MLS is. <laughs> it had to be if he scored. Come on. <laughs> Who was it? He was at Toronto, wasn't he? Or something? Oh, uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. Vancouver. Uh, yeah. you know, those, Canadi- those Canadian <laughs> teams, I would have said. I've got a note here in the show doc, Eskif, that just says, talk to Eskif about Kapue. <laughs> well, I mean, we had to use the, the swear word bleeper quite a lot last week. Um, yeah, ap- apologies to anyone that got offended by the amount of swear words. We um, apparently it was logged as the most we've ever put out on any show back at the Ness has done. So apologies. <laughs> Funnily enough, I was out after work on Friday. We just went out for a drink at the Union, which I seem to do every week now. Um, but I was talking to someone, and someone at the other end of the table who wasn't involved in the conversation leaned over to my wife, who, as people know, also works with me, 
and I heard her say, Sam swears a lot. Does he swear a lot at home? As if, as if I'm like a, like a cherub at home. And then I just let it all out after work and just swear progressively worse like over the course of an evening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was doing a lot of swearing at Kapoo during the game for obvious reasons. Um, and I mentioned it to the review show guys just before they were going to record. Um, but normally, obviously, after the game, if we win, we go for a drink and everyone's really happy, like we were at Newcastle, like we were at Brighton. Um, but I came in hot. I came in hot to Glaziers. Um, <laughs> I really hate him. I really hate him a lot. And he's he's slowly, well, it's not even slowly, is it? He's he's climbed up the my league table of most hated players. And one thing I noticed um, about him after the game was as soon as the final whistle went, he just went straight down the tunnel. Didn't shake anyone's hand, didn't stick around with his team, didn't clap their fans, just went straight down the tunnel, um, which sort of epitomised him. He's just like a, you know, sneaky little bugger. I'm going to say bugger because I don't think that's a swear word. Um, <laughs> but he's not hard, you know what I mean? Like he likes winding people up, but then as soon as he thinks he has to face to face them, but like David Luiz, he's off. Um, yeah. <laughs> it really wound me up and like that, that overtook me until about, 10 minutes after I got into Glaziers when I calmed down a bit. Yeah, that antics didn't get to me so much that weekend because I thought um, James McCarthy did a fantastic job of just out of shithousing them by himself. Um, every time Deeney got around the ref, McCarthy was over there. And it's stuff we've said for years now playing against um, Deeney's Watford is someone else get around there, get in the ear of the ref while he's there. And um, McCarthy was really effective at pulling Deeney away from the ref on several occasions. And... Um, also kicking lumps out of people along with their midfielders. So, um, yeah, I was, I was a little bit more relaxed about it this time around. Uh, right, before we go any further, let's get into this. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Yes, so um, Patrick, notoriously not a drinker, or a heavy one at least, um, but you do have a beer this week of sorts. Yeah, um, going back to my English Jamaican roots, I have with me a Carib Shandy lime flavored lager beer. So I'll try that. Nice. That's definitely going to get some abuse from Australia. I can, I can guarantee it. Uh, <laughs> BBS coming in hot uh, from the exiled Eagles. Um, I've been drinking a lot of uh, the Jamaican ginger beer recently. Yeah, lovely good. stuff. Yeah, it's good. Three, three for a pound from most supermarkets. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> Um, and uh, Moretti Heskiff? No, I've, in lieu of Albert being here, uh, I've got a Budweiser on his behalf. Okay, in, in shockingly outrageous scenes, um, I've got Corona. So, what? make it that way. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> the drink, the drink. Oh, oh, thank God. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, lovely juicy bit of lime in there as well. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about coronavirus while, while we're at it. Um, obviously a lot of games now a lot of countries shutting things down just before we got on air we've heard that Denmark are basically closing down the country a la Italy um, for Monday uh, Italy's obviously cancelled all sporting events until April um, you've seen uh, Paris Saint-Germain on the night of recording against Borussia Dortmund is being played behind closed doors um, Patrick, I don't know what the state of it is over there. Um, obviously, we've we've seen that what your illustrious president has been tweeting all week with all of a sudden a, um, a medical professional <laughs> of some variety. But um, 
it's hard to see how the Premier League doesn't follow suit soon, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously with the Arsenal-Man City game getting cancelled, it's it, it's going to happen. It, it's a shame, but it's, I, I mean, on a personal level, my wife's been ordered to work from home for two weeks. I'm a teacher and a few schools in my, around where I live have shut down. And I think it's going to hit my the New York City school system very soon. We've got 1.1 million children, so it's, it's going to happen. So um, sporting-wise over here in America, they're, they're talking about playing basketball games in, in, in states where virus hasn't even hit yet, which is very bizarre. You're basically going to spread the virus to other states, which is so stupid. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's going it's, it's, it's to definitely um, impact sports, not only where I am here, but obviously in England. Yeah, well, um, a lot of them are saying uh, anything over 2,000 spectators. So, um, Heskiff Bournemouth this weekend might be safe. It's, it's, it's approaching that. <laughs> the stadium, it? um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, obviously Arsenal Man City has been postponed due to uh, Olympiakos's owner being diagnosed with coronavirus and the, a lot of the Arsenal players meeting him. Um, and that was two weeks ago now. So, yeah, obviously, that tends to be the incubation period of it. So, as a safety net they've called that one off to just make sure the Arsenal players are tested and um quarantined and all of that stuff. But um I'm already I'm already putting feelers out in case Burnley at home is behind closed doors, Heskiff. Uh do, do you reckon we can get some uh <laughs> some press passes or something for this one? Yeah, surely. I mean we we're the most well renowned, well respected members of the, the press world, aren't we? So Surely we'll get gold-plated press passes for that one. Yeah, we'll get Patrick over to commentate as well. Well, actually, speaking of that match, um, NBC Sports is having a huge fan fest in Philadelphia. It's actually something they do every three or four months, and they get fans from all over the uh, all over the uh, country to go to Phil- you know to the where it's going to be. And last last one went at it in New York. Alan Shearer showed up and a bunch of other you know uh, former players, and it's actually going to be April fourth, the Burnley match. And I've already planned to drive down there. My son's actually in law school down there. So I'm hoping that they do not, or at least they, if they play the game, I don't care if it's behind closed doors or not. As long as they broadcast the match, we're good to go. But I'm thinking they might cancel it. It's going to be a lot of people going down there for that. So fingers crossed they'll have that. Oh, lovely city of Philadelphia. Love it there. Um, you, you lived there for a short time. Lovely stuff. Um, don't eat cheesesteaks while you're down there. That's um, their heart attacks on a stick, mate. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, from from a country that eats bats to our, all of our detriments, uh, Palace might be signing a bat. Heskiff, summer news. Apparently, we're going to be offering uh, Mr. Batshuayi his long-awaited leave from Chelsea because he wants to stay in London and liked his time at Palace. Well, that's good news. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see if that, that sort of story has legs because I saw a similar story that said we, we're monitoring uh, Cenk Tosin's injury um, so that if he recovers, we might go in for him. I think Mishi isn't necessarily a Roy player, but he seemed to do quite well with us when he was here for the sort of four or five months he was and actually linked up pretty well with Ayu and, and Benteke and, and Wilf if he stays. Um so I think it's one of those sort of things where you say, well, he scores goals but doesn't offer much to the team other than that. But at the same time, if you've got a you know an informed Benteke, an informed Ayu and Wilf playing around him, then do we necessarily need him to do as much as a Tosun who has sort of less instinctual finishes? Um but I can't imagine either of them are gonna be cheap, nor are they gonna have low wages. So yeah, like I say, it'll be interesting to see 
whether we are actually going to back the manager um, after his contract extension this time around. Yeah, I don't. Um, when Batshuayi was there the first time round, obviously a lot of people say that he kind of supplemented his goal tally in what was effectively a pre-season friendly at the end of the season against Bournemouth, when everything went absolutely bat batshit crazy. Uh, sorry, excuse the coronavirus puns, but um, yeah, he's he scored several goals for us, and he's obviously a much different striker to that of Christian Benteke, and um, you know it it becomes trying to coax out our forward line and get him in behind with his pace and um, he's a natural finisher I think if we signed him permanently there'd be an altering in our system to try and um, fit him in a lot more than we did when we only had him on loan so if we're putting an investment in for three years it'll probably be more build it around him in that sense so um, I think there'd be a change uh, it depends on the money really 30 million is probably what I, I guess it will end up costing and that all comes down to whether we can clear some wage bill whether will flees i think there's a lot balancing around it if it was potentially happened but um yeah we'll have to wait and see so january obviously i just just wanted an excuse to use um a joke about bats but <laughs> we'll leave it there on to um nicer news joel ward's had a baby today so congratulations to joel and jessica ward um patrick any chance of the baby being called jordan you reckon jordana <laughs> no he's had a boy he's had a boy Joel, oh, Joel, Joel, Joel and Jessica have had a boy, yeah. Now, um, Jordan would be a nice name. I've got a funny thing. Joel will not go in that in that route. But um, congratulations to him and his wife. That's great news. I hadn't seen that, by the way. So good for him. Congratulations. Yep. Um, of course, that's hot on the heels of uh, Jordan IU, as they talked about on the review show, um, tweeting me about calling the baby Jordan. Um, we have a girl, we have a girl arriving in early April. Um, we Congrats. actually refer to thanks. We refer to the bumpers Jordan already, um, <laughs> but the wife is very adamant. I can, she's sat behind me on the sofa. And I can't see her, but I can hear her giggling and probably burning holes in the back of my head. <laughs> <with her eyes. laughs> you, can, you can feel the look in the back of your head. <laughs> I, can, I can I can feel the look for sure. But she's adamant. Um, and as someone clearly pointed out, um, <laughs> being obviously my people know me know that my surname is no longer Ford I just go by that continually on here just for continuity purposes but um someone said your baby would be called George Ford <laughs> which probably isn't um too much of a nice name going on there but there you go but yeah so congratulations to Joel Ward and Jessica Ward there on having your baby boy uh hopefully in the next 20 years he'll be um Palace's right back or something along those lines <laughs> uh I want to talk about the program for the Watford game. Um, Patrick, you obviously get to record um, the emailed version of this, being an international member. Right. I was talking about it a lot before. It was lots of shithousing going on in that program, post the Brighton win, starting with the Lewis Dunk poster. <laughs> That's, let me tell you something. Absolutely. I got to give credit to whoever does that kind of stuff at Palace. They are real, they, with around the Brighton stuff, they were absolutely brilliant. And that, that poster... I asked someone to send me the hard copy version because I've got to have that just for posterity. That's a brilliant job I ever did that. Yeah, hot on the hills of all the dunk knees in your basket on the promotional emails and things <laughs> like that. Um, Heskiff, did you buy the program this week? I did, yeah. Yeah, because oh, you always buy them, don't you? Yeah, but yeah. I, I stopped just for space purposes and um, now I have a nice big house. I can start buying them again, although I, I feel like I might be getting stairs in the back of the head again. <laughs> But um, yeah, it was great, wasn't it? As well, the um, referring to Brighton as the Dolphins throughout instead of Brighton. Yeah, of course. Awesome. I mean, I'll take any kind of shithousery 
whether it's on the pitch, in print, on Twitter. Um, I'll take any that I can. So, yeah, loving it all. And um, it didn't stop in the programme. Um, it transferred towards Watford at halftime as Chris Grierson in the halftime challenge where two kids from each team, supporters of each team, take a penalty each against Pete or Alice the Eagle. Um, and he said to one of the kids, imagine you've won a perfectly legitimate penalty that the opposition fan base will cry about for seven years, <laughs> which um, you know, went that, went down very well with the Watford fans indeed. Of course, referring to the Wilfred Zaha stonewall penalty in the playoff final back in 2013 when Matarazzi cleared him out. Um, last bit is here is a bit of um, admin, just to say Palace for Life Foundation. Uh, their Easter schools start in April. Their Easter soccer schools, <laughs> I mean, coronavirus permitting, I'd imagine. Um, <clears throat> you can book at reduced rates with 10% off, I believe. Um, now, but by the time you're listening to this podcast, you've gotten to the end of the 12th of March and um, you can get 10% off. And this is a chance for your kids to go and uh, take place in a really, really you know, good program. These are the sort of things that got Wilfred Zaha noticed and things like that. So get your kids down there and... Um, do some exercise and all of that in uh, in hopefully the spring sunshine that will be gracing the skies of South London. We'll be back after this. Reviews, predictions, comments and rants. Send us your voice clips on WhatsApp. 0203 575 1266. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right at the top of the show, I talked about Crystal Palace creating some records. Um, 1920, 1969 and 1994. What do you reckon those three years have in common? I reckon it's got to be something along the lines of wins in a row. One nil wins in a row. One nil wins in a row. There you go. Those are the three occasions that we've won one nil three games in a row. We've never done it four times in a row. So we'll be looking to break a record there and in terms of becoming the late 80s, early 90s Arsenal of the, the current day. Um <clears throat> the good news is, in 1920, we won 4-0 in the following game. In 1969, we won 4-2 in the following game. That's your era, Patrick, isn't it? You were probably at that, whoever it was against. Don't be and, funny. You know what? Um, I was born. I, was, I wasn't being funny. I was, wasn't, <laughs> when you, oh, was it 79? You were, oh, it was 79. I'm 79, you're right. We're not, yeah, but uh, my dad might take me. I don't have to ask him. Yeah, I don't know if you've listened to the review show yet, mate, but they um they said that you were a coronavirus risk because of your age. Of course, you I listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be getting you need to be getting on to Mike about that. Yeah, I'll get him. I'll get him. 
um, and yet in 1994, we won 3-2 as well, which was towards the end of the season where we were just scraping 1-0 wins a lot. And then I think we went and won 3-2 at Middlesbrough, which is kind of your era, Heskiff. You were yeah, great by then. I think, did Dean Gordon score that day? I might have done. Was I, I, Actually, I feel I like that was in the Premier League. No, this was yeah. I don't know. Was this the meatball header? Because 93, 93, 94 would have been the promotion season, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. So I reckon. I reckon he scored a hat trick in that game. No, no, he scored the hat trick against West Brom. Come no, on now. No. This was this was the meatball header. This is definitely the Chris Coleman meatball header. Um, for anyone who <laughs> had the VHS video from that season, um, the ball comes to the back stick, and he's like pretty much on the edge corner in the penalty area and loops a header back over the goalie and the commentator is, what a meatball header. Um, but I could be misremembering that as well. I'm sure, sure someone would tell us I'm wrong. But yeah, Dean Gordon was, his hat-trick was away at West Brom, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Sure. This Budweiser yeah. went to my head. <laughs> uh, right, so let's get into this Bournemouth game then, which, uh, you know, at the moment, with Watford, Bournemouth, Brighton all down there and looking at as many as two of those three could go down. Um, I think that would cap a wonderful season for Crystal Palace, especially if we make the top half of the table. But in recent weeks, uh, put Newcastle aside. I'll start with you, Patrick. Obviously, Newcastle were dreadful, but you know Watford and Brighton fancied themselves as football insides and want to come out and play against us. And it shows what we can do against them. Is Bournemouth are likely to be the same, aren't they? Yeah, I watched their game against Liverpool over the weekend and they, you know, they, they took it to Liverpool in the beginning, you know, obviously uh, being up 1-0. But yeah, definitely more of a footballing side than Newcastle were. And I think it's going to be more of a challenge. I mean, that's not much of a statement saying that. But definitely, um, I definitely think that, um, you know, if we play as, if we play in the last two matches up our levels a little bit, hopefully we'll change changing things around but that we'll, you know, we can get a result from that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, we certainly, I think Roy said it after the game as well, we were certainly not at our best against Watford, but um, defensively we were very, very good and of course backed up with some excellent saves when needed from Vicente, um, particularly that one from Dini. So it's very, very solid at the back. Now, um, on the Bournemouth fans love sports show this week, um, they were saying they've been a bit better in front of goal in recent weeks. Uh but the side that turned up Heskiff on the Tuesday night or Wednesday night, whenever it was on on Amazon, couldn't break down ten men. So with with Dan and Kay Hill in the form they're in, uh, it could be another struggle for them. Yeah, I think that was probably the worst performance from a from an opposition team that I can remember. I, like Newcastle were bad, as you said, but I think that Bournemouth game we had ten men for pretty much the whole game, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was at least 70 minutes or something yeah. like that. And uh, even me, even cynical, pessimistic me, like during the game, I just thought they're not offering anything at all. Like they just look com- completely useless. Um, I'm sure they've had better performances since that. I'd be very surprised if they haven't. Um, and, you know, they've scored two goals against Chelsea and they, they looked all right against Liverpool from what I saw, which was only the first half, to be fair. Um, but I thought, you know, they're obviously not having a great season, and and I think we've we've mentioned it before, but the media build them up a lot into something that I don't think they are. And what I think is really sort of coming back to haunt them a bit this year is their really bad dealings in the transfer window. You know, you can you can have all this. They play nice passing football, blah blah, 
but they they're, they're buying players for over the odds in my opinion they don't really get the best out of them at all um and it's sort of coming home to roost a little bit now so i'm hoping that happens uh, on saturday like you say that that the performances of Cahill and Dan at centre-back over the last three games have been absolutely brilliant. Um, a lot better than I thought they would be, to be honest. I was a bit worried about Dan when he came in, but he's he's looked very good. Um, and as we know, he loves playing Bournemouth, doesn't he? Yeah, I had noticed, I'm looking at the stats now, that they've only scored three more goals than we have. So they ship goals. They've given up 47 goals this year, which is absolutely terrible so I hadn't realized just that's what's killing them it's not really the lack of goal scoring their defending has been awful it really has been so yeah, hopefully well, the, 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 the thing for them as well is uh, Steve Cook's probably been their best defender uh, yeah. this season and he's he looks like he's going to be out in the game and Simon Francis is going to come in and you know he's just breaking down as a footballer now he's he's 35 years old um Comes comes at different ages to people around that level, but sometimes you can just drop off a cliff, and that's basically what's happened to him. So that might be something that an informed Ben Seke could exploit for sure. But um, while we're on Scott Dan, of course, he's also looking for a bit of history or extending a history because he's already the only defender to score in four consecutive games against the same opposition. But he's looking for a fifth in a row. And Patrick, in the recent weeks, it's been really refreshing having him and Cahill on set pieces and um, Patrick Van Arnold and McCarthy delivering them instead of Luka Milivojevic. We touched on it a couple of weeks ago, I think, but it's nice to have that threat back, isn't it? Yeah, um, you know, I have to say, I mean, I'm a huge Luka fan, but as far as set pieces has gone, having both McCarthy and Van Arnold replace him has really been a huge improvement for us. And you just spotted about, about Scott Dan. I mean, though he hasn't scored, he and Caleb have been huge threats more than a few occasions in the last few matches. And you know it's coming. I know you talk about that record. I don't know if he'll get that goal on, on Saturday. But you can tell he and Cahill will do a goal for sure. So hopefully it will happen this week. Yeah, I mean, if you think to the Newcastle game, the Bravka made an incredible save from a Cahill header. Um, I think Cahill put one over against Brighton as well. Um, that might yeah. have been from a free kick though. Yeah. But um, yeah, go on, Heskip, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I just think just to sort of echo that, it's, it's really important for us to to have the threat on set pieces again, because obviously we're not a team that scores huge amounts of goals. Um, so, you know, I feel we're a bit hamstrung when Luca was taking set pieces because we never really ever looked like scoring. There were no amazing saves or close, close headers really. Um, so I think now adding a threat at set pieces and it feels like a goal is coming. It really does. Um, you know, I, I feel that that's going to supplement the sort of goals for, column really well hopefully in the in the remaining sort of eight or nine games and I just want to say that I have to give credit to our defending this year you think about the combination we've had in front of Guaita who I you know I'm a huge fan of his but think about of late how great Dan and Cahill have played together but prior to that Tomkins did a great job with Cahill and then prior to that Kelly had done a good job with Cahill and then Mama Sako I, I think is probably our best center half people will always argue about that he did he did a great job with Tomkins for so long so you got to give credit man Dan has just stepped in and really been the old I mean not necessarily the old Scott Dan a few years ago but he's really stepped up his levels the last two years in particular and that's been a huge uh benefit to us that's why we've got those last three clean sheets yeah it's funny we could go back to a lot of people's tweets um after the Gary Cahill signing, I'm sure probably <laughs> yeah. probably some of us as well, and um, Indeed. look very look very very silly at this point because I think you know uh, Jordan Ayew and Vicente Guaita are miles ahead in terms of player of the season, but you know I think he's probably a clear third place in that sense because 
you know he's just been a rock whenever he's played and it's just, it's just crazy really he's I think I've said it before on this podcast Arsenal signed David Luiz for eight million when they could have just taken Gary Cahill on a free transfer it, <laughs> it's, it just it seems insane really I'm I'm probably gay Gary Cahill wanted a different challenge and probably didn't want to go near a touch Arsenal with a barge pole to be honest but um yeah I mean if he can continue to perform at this, this level for another couple of years it's been an extremely shrewd signing and you know just having him around the club must be great for for everyone because you know he's been there and he's he's done it all really. So, um, well, cap, up, uh, with the exception of winning international tournaments, he's captained his country on occasions, and um, yeah, really, really, just unbelievable. And the way he's got on board with the Palace way, whatever that is, you know, he's always the first of the fans, and you know, giving it giving it all large, like yeah, big big signing from Roy Hodgson and. Um, I'm sure it was Hodgson who brought him in. We won't give Friedman credit on that one, but yeah, brilliant, brilliant signing and one we didn't um, initially think was worthwhile. But there you go. Um, one thing that worries me, Heskiff, this weekend <laughs> is Harry Wilson. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the stereotypical uh, wand of a left foot. <laughs> it's always a wand, isn't it? Uh, he was in the stands at the Liverpool game wearing a Liverpool jacket against Bournemouth on the weekend. Now, obviously, he's on loan from Liverpool to Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have our own history of that as well with Ben Teke and Sacco. Um, <laughs> ben Sacco is on loan. But, you know, he's had to... Harry Wilson felt like he needs to come out and release a statement around it. Um, do you think that's going to give him the sort of point to prove on the weekend um, and give something back to the Bournemouth fans? So the Bournemouth fans are pissed off that he's wearing a Liverpool tracksuit? <laughs> yeah, very much that's so. Absolutely, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, well, hopefully they hopefully they get on his back and he has an awful game, if that's the case. Um, that's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I, 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 obviously we're biased, but when, when Sacco and Benteke did the handshake thing, I thought that was hilarious. So, um, yeah, I don't know why they're up in arms. If I was a Bournemouth fan, I'd probably be more concerned with the fact that they might go down than a player wearing the tracksuit of the club that he's contractually not owned by, but you know what I mean? Like, they, mm. they, um, I, I mean, he's, he's a very good player. So insofar as like, am I worried about him a little bit? Cause I think he, he, he looks quite good. Um, but like I say, if the Bournemouth fans are going to get, get the arsehole with that, then hopefully they get on his back and it plays into our hands. Mm, yeah. See, I thought you'd more be of the. Is he going to ping one top bins from thirty yards? But um, I mean, he, yeah, he probably is. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'd have to do something that no one's done for a while, and that score a goal against us. Um, last bit on Bournemouth. Uh, Philip Billings, a bit of a doubt, apparently um, hobbled off against Liverpool. So it'd be interesting to see. If he plays because uh, on the Love Sports show, they were talking about how he's been integral to the way they've performed in the last few weeks, which is they're kind of referring to as a resurgence in performances, if not necessarily results. So, um, yeah, very, um, very big miss for them again if he if he can't if he can't turn out. And um, I don't, I'm not going to touch on Luca coming back in or not. I don't, I don't think he's going to. I think the review show covered that off quite well. I think at the moment, you know. It would be crazy to change the team in, in any any anyway. Um, and 
I mean, looking at that, Park sitting uh, sitting on the bench. Um, you've got all the centre backs coming back. You've got other midfielders. Um, now we've finally got our full complement of a squad. It's we're showing the strengths in depth that we do have, with the exception of strikers. Yeah, and and it, you know to have players like Luca, um, Mama Tonks, players like that, Schlupp's back, isn't he? To have players like that on the bench, you know shows that you can bring a certain type of player on if we're, if we're winning or if we're chasing the game. We've now got options to bring those sort of players on. If we need a bit of pace to get at someone, we can bring on Schlup. If we need to shore it up, we've got Luca. Whereas before, it was sort of like, you know, we've got one player who Roy sort of trusts to be in the team, so we'll just bring them on if we bring in anyone at all. So hopefully um, we'll be winning and it's it, it would just be a nice, like, let's, bring Andros on to have a run around. Um, but yeah, it's finally good to have an actual squad available to us rather than, you know, sort of 11 patched up players. Yeah, certainly with um, looking at the bench on the weekend, it felt a lot more healthy, that's for sure. But obviously zero strikers. Uh, there's no, there's nothing allowing us to call back so a lot, obviously, <laughs> well-documented. Although I don't think he scored for two games now. Um, and I Yay! Think he off. <laughs> I think he hobbled off injured. I think, yeah. Fought. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine, imagine when um, in five years' time he's got 200 goals for Real Madrid. <laughs> we'll all be shaking oh, our heads. God. What what went wrong? <laughs> oh, God, no. Please, no. And we can't call back Conor Wickham, but again, um, I don't think we'd want to... Uh, Sheffield Wednesday fans of, well, I don't, I don't think he's had a shot on target since he's been there or something. But yeah, so I doubt he'll be coming back. Well, he can't come back. So um, fingers crossed that between IU and Benteke, they can get through the final nine games of the season and see us have a a bit of an ending. Now, Patrick, we've we've ended seasons well traditionally um, in recent years and um, beat a lot of teams that are on the beach. But we've always been on, you know, probably four, five, six less points than we're on now. Now we're safe. Like 39 points is obviously going to keep you up this season and there's no way we're not going to pick up at least one more point. But do you think there's any worry of us being on the beach this season, us being a team like that, because we've got not much to play for? Or do you think, you know, this character that James McArthur's talked about in the change room in recent weeks won't allow that to happen? Yeah, um, that's a great point. Because, again, this is very untried waters for Palace and, um, you know, I know people have made jokes about the whole European tour stuff, but I like to think that players like Cahill and you just mentioned Tompkins will not let us just kind of cruise through the last few matches. Again, just because we've, we're on a point a point number of 39 plus, the goal difference really is at 40, that we're not going to go down. There's, there's no chance. I would really love us to put a serious, serious ending to this season like we've done in the past and, and push on to that whatever is seventh spot, whatever, eighth, whatever it's going to be for Europa League this year. But... I just feel that it's just not going to happen. I just don't know why I have to be so negative. I just, I just know that, you know, whenever something good's going to happen to Palace, something bad is right around the corner. So as much as I would like it to happen, I just feel like we're going to end up going through uh, an, a time. We've got Bournemouth, Liverpool, Burnley, Leicester, Chelsea. Eh, I mean... <laughs> That's, that's, yeah, that's but what, what's great about it, though, is if we're going to push for those places, those are the teams we need to beat, right? So it's kind of a different mentality, as you say, uncharted waters in 
you look at our last three games of the season they're all teams that are around that Absolutely. seven six seven eight so we need to win we need to win those games and of course that's a tough ask you know Wolves is our last away game of the season Spurs is the last home game of the season obviously those are very difficult games but you know we're, we're playing the right teams where if we can string some form together at the right time it, it could happen this is what I'll say, okay? I, I am not a big Roy fan, but if he pulls this off, based on, again, you have to remember going back to when he was at Fulham, how great he did the Europa League. If he pulls this off, I will be I will be giving the hugest U-turn in history of a Palace supporter. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, Patrick, I, I, have, I always say this when you're on. I don't know when you turned into Eskif. Was it listening to <laughs> when he appeared on this podcast? She used to be the most positive person in the world. And now it's, it's like the years have finally tumbled no, out on top of no, you. No, no. I'll tell you two words. Ready? Alan, Pardew. Pardew. Yes. That was it. It was that, that dance that just finished you off. I was there. I flew over for the match. The man danced when we were up 1-0. I'm, I'm looking up and saying, we're going to win the cup. And I look down, I'm like, oh, it's 1-1 already. <laughs> and then it was over. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he he killed it. I was optimistically prior to him and he just, I'm sorry. He killed it for me. I apologise now. So if um, the final game in the season against the Spurs is effectively a playoff for a Europa League space, uh, would you fly over for that one? Um, nah, I'll be a jinx. <laughs> he's, he's not he's not allowed over anymore no I'm not allowed yeah <laughs> yeah <I'm not> <laughs> um, but if, I mean it could end up being in a weird and wonderful world that is we live in at the moment with the corona situation I mean Heskiff they're talking in Italy about potentially shortening the league and having playoffs for European places and relegation places and stuff like that that would be interesting if that happened here oh, that would be interesting yeah um, I think Brighton should just get automatically relegated. Um, <laughs> don't, need to, don't need to play for that. Or just have, have them play Watford in a playoff, but then they both go down regardless of the result. Good. <laughs> uh, I think Liverpool don't get to win the league. Well, could you imagine they do that and it becomes like a Man City-Liverpool final and Liverpool are 30 points clear or whatever and City beat them in a one-off, <laughs> in a one-off final? That would be so great. <laughs> Oh, how great David Liverpool fans? They'd all commit suicide. It'd be great. Karma's a bitch. We're all still smarting from the, not making Europe in the 90s. That's so, right. Uh, That's right. <laughs> but yeah, it would it would be quite a turn of events. But you know, anything seems possible at the moment. You know, when they're, as I've said before, when they're talking about your Olympic Games being cancelled, these are like big, you know, worldwide, you know, the, the whole world watches kind of events. And yeah, any, any, anything's possible at the moment, I suppose. Uh, right, all that's left is predictions. Uh, so, yeah, going going back 15, 16 months, whatever it was last time you was on, Patrick, you went 4-1 Arsenal. So um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm assuming it'll be a little bit different this time. Uh, yeah, I'm slightly more optimistic. Beating, by the way, I just want to add, beating Brighton and Watford back-to-back has been like the, put me in the best mood I could ever be in. Last year, we lost to those teams five times in one season I was very close to suicide so I will say I'm very optimistic so the usual me would have probably gone 2-0 Bournemouth but looking at the previous scores it's got a lot of draws against Bournemouth I'm going to go 2-2 two, two. oh two le- leaking the goals yeah. um, I'm, I, I've got to stick with a 0-0 because that's what I've done the last couple of weeks um, last few weeks so I'll say the 0-0 to get to hopefully get the 1-0 but Heskiff what are you going for? I'm going to squeeze into this draw predicting sandwich 
with one all. There you go. Yeah, well, so with the, um, in the current bottom six, we're unbeaten this season. Um, so if you're looking at, we've taken four points from Watford and Brighton. We've taken three from Bournemouth, only played them once. We've taken four from Norwich. We took six from West Ham. So, you know, this is, you know, for us, this has been our bread and butter this season, which is, you know, not traditionally speaking, not been what we've been good at in terms of just duffing up the, the terrible teams and we beat the good teams, but this season it's kind of been the other way around. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll go down to every hope that we can we can pick up a result and get another three points. And um, I would I would love it to be 1-0 as well, which is, you know, <laughs> a really, really great performance where Jess, Jefferson Lerma just loses his head and gets sent off. That would... Um, be the perfect end to a lovely set of four games that we've had. Um, right. We won't talk about going on the club coach. Me, Heskiff, will be on the club coach. I think we touched on that last week. So um, I'm, ba- I'm back on coach two. So anyone listening on coach two, don't don't tell that really hard-looking bloke that runs the coach that I was drinking beer after the Brighton game. He doesn't need to know that, okay? <laughs> we'll be back after this. <laughs> Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com Right, that's it. It's finished. Um, all the social stuff, you know it at Back of the Nest pretty much everywhere at Back of the Nest CPFC on Instagram. You want to look at your YouTubes, your .coms and WhatsApp is 0203575 Send your voice notes in for the review show on Sunday where Hambo will be leading you through all of that event and if you haven't listened to the one from Watford do go back and listen it's an excellent listen this week as always um Patrick what 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 is it for you this week is it a stream at home or heading somewhere to watch it in town coronavirus mate staying home (laughs) (laughs) yeah I, I actually yeah I don't I don't go as much as I should to football factory so um yeah I'll be watching from home just just to just because I'm seriously on a serious note because I don't want to expose myself just in case you know so Mate, I, that football factory, all I ever think about still is that beans on toast was the equivalent of like 15 quid. Yeah, Could not believe it. It's, it's, yeah, they're, yeah, it's a little pricey, but Jack is a Pally supporter. If you tell him that, I'll give you a free beer. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, always. Just oh, mention it. Oh, I'll, nice I'll come over just for that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's all that importing the Heinz baked beans, making it authentic. <laughs> exactly. Charging $10 for a Guinness. But I mean, you really don't let this put you off going there. If you're in New York and you're there when a Palace game's on, it's definitely a good atmosphere to go and watch and meet some Palace fans that, you know, from all over the world traveling to New York for whatever reasons or living in New York as Patrick does. Um, Heskiff, I'll see you on the coach on Saturday, bright and early at 10.30. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, we're getting a, a glimpse into how we'll be when we're Patrick's age. Um, we. couldn't resist the dig Uh, right so we'll be back uh, next Thursday uh, where we'll be building you up to the game against Liverpool which uh, I don't know if they can be champions anymore with the Arsenal game getting called off Um, I think City would have had to lose both that and against Burnley before Liverpool play so it's unlikely now that they'll be crowned champions that week Um, of course it's on Sky uh, 5.30 5.30 game and um, I'm not going Heskiff I'm, I'm missing it are you going? I'm not can you believe Albert's going and we're not 
uh, yeah, I mean, it is a complete shock, but it's only, it's only been circumstances that he's working up there at the moment on, on a on a movie that you know coronavirus gives a big clue away to what film he he's he's doing. It's and it's not twenty eight days later <laughs> later. <laughs> But yeah, right, that's your lot. Um, Patrick, thanks so much for standing in for Albert. It's been a pleasure having you. Cheers. I really enjoyed it. Take care, guys. Lovely stuff. And Heskiff, you'll be back next week as always. And um, until then, up the palace. the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.